Um, all right, well, good to be here. Um, good to see you all this evening. We're going to be um, with Psalm 82 um, tonight. It's Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. Um, I'm going to try to say that right throughout the time. Every time I see that, I think of Aesop's fables. So if I go and, you know, mess something up there, I apologize. Um, Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God has taken his place in the divine council. In the midst of the gods, he holds judgment. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Give justice to the weak and the fatherless. Maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute. Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. They have neither knowledge nor understanding. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. I say you are God, sons of the Most High, all of you. Nevertheless, like men, you shall die and fall like any prince. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for you shall inherit all the nations. So... Relatively short one, but there's a, there's a lot here and there's a lot going on. Um, start off with who Asaph is. Um, Asaph, Asaph is um, given credit, or a, a credit is given as a psalm of Asaph to um, a handful of psalms, Psalm 50 and then 73 through 83. Um, but there's always, you know, discussion about who actually authored them. Um, Asaph himself was a musician, a singer. He's mentioned in the books of 1st and 2nd Chronicles, um, being appointed by David and the chief Levite to be a musician in the temple. Um, but depending on what psalm you're in and the theme that's there, um, there's discussion about whether it is him himself or um, whether it's a descendant, whether it's someone of Asaph, because the themes change and the timelines don't always seem to mix um, with what's being said. Um, but this one, 82, is thought to be one that um, if he didn't compose, he at least wrote and presented himself. Um, so you'll see um, Asaph mentioned, or the sons of Asaph mentioned also in Ezra and Nehemiah after they come back and they restart the worship in the temple and they're finding new musicians and new singers, um, being descendants of them or being like him since he was um, one of their early and um, more well-known and greater musicians in the temple. Um, so as he's doing this, he's not, he's not a priest, he's not in charge. Um, and in a theocratic government, you have the king and there's also part of your religion. He's not, you know, a, a high, he's a high-ranking person in the temple, but he's not in charge. He's not a chief, um, he's not a priest. Um, I wouldn't call him middle management because that would kind of be a little off, but you get the idea that he is... He is someone who, um, when he presents his information, has something to lose and that he needs to draw on the strength that is God in his audience as he's presenting these things. Um, because the temple is a place where all of those high officials are going to be. The priests are going to be present. The king could be present. The high government officials could be present. Scribes and judges are going to be present. So when he's speaking, that is his audience along with the Jewish people. Um, and in this psalm, um, it's, it's a lot like an admonition to them. Um, we're called to admonish one another in hymns and psalms and spiritual songs. And he is doing this with the psalm that he has composed, or at least is presenting in the temple. Um, and the people that he is speaking to and speaking about are there in front of him, in person. Um, so there's a... 
a lot of strength that needs to come there and, and he gets his strength as Hoxabas in first one where he finds his strength. God has taken his place in the divine council. He starts off very, very beginning who is in charge and where everything comes from and who is the ultimate judge of all things. So no matter where he is or who is around him, he knows and he recognizes that above all and above everyone else, there is God and all authority comes from God. All judgment eventually rests with him um, and that all that we do will eventually go up and be judged by our creator there. Um, he speaks simply through these verses. He speaks firmly, um, but always with the knowledge that God is there and he is lining up with them um, with him, and he is getting his strength from the Lord. In the midst of the gods, he holds judgment. Um, the rest there are verse one. And this one, um, if you read it and you see it on the surface, you're, what's going on and why are there gods being mentioned here? Um, some people will take that and think, well, are we talking about polytheism? Like, are there actually other gods? And he is giving them recognition. Um, no. No, definitely not. Um, this is a different word um, used here um, than when we're talking about gods or deities in the Bible, and it's used off other places to refer to men directly. Um, and in this place, he's talking about the people who've put in, who have been placed in charge um, that have that power of judgment over others, and so they have that power. They're a lord over the people. Um, they're, um, they're called gods here. Jesus uses um, parts of this psalm in John to go back at the Pharisees and his accusers. Um, when they accuse him of blasphemy, and he goes back to this psalm that him saying gods does not mean always a deity that it could refer to um, a people. Um, so that's not what he's talking about. No one over here is any god. There are no other ones, you know, running around that we need to worry about. Um, but he's referring to the power that these people have um, because they're leaders and judges and lords over the people. Um, and in this context, mostly it's referring to judges. It's referring to people in place to make judgments over people, to rule over legal matters. Um, but in a larger sense, it could be used for anyone who's in a leadership spot, um, government or, or otherwise. Um, so that's who he's talking to. He is talking to the leaders of his community. He's talking to the leaders of his country directly. And then as applies to us, he's talking to leaders in the future. And then as us, as you know, we're supposed to be leaders in our community and we're representatives of God's kingdom here, he's ultimately talking to us also. How long shall you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Um, so it recognizes a problem that's occurring here in Israel. The judges that are in Israel at the time are not um, doing what they need to be doing. They are not judging rightly. They are aligning themselves with those with power, those who have the ability to come and see them and talk to them and speak to them, who can hold their ear while um, others are not getting what they deserve. Um, you know, if, if you were a wealthy, well-connected person, you could come and you can find that judge and you can speak to that judge. You have access to the courts that a regular person wouldn't have and they're using that power in the system to promote themselves. And they're using these unjust, unjust judges to promote themselves and they're doing it against the needs of the people. Um, Verse three, give justice to the weak 
and the fatherless, maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute. So, I mean, they're judges. Their job is to give justice. It's there, the roots are there in their name, Um, but they're not. Um, The weak and the poor and the needy, they're already in a weakened place. They're in a destitute place, and they don't have access to the systems um, to get what belongs to them rightly and to be treated fairly. Um, So those that are weak and those that are needy, those that are poor don't have access. They could want to bring a claim to a judge. They could want to go to a court um, to have something resolved, but they don't have the means to get there. They don't have the knowledge to get there. So if there's something going on, they may not be able to get it to a court, to a judge to be resolved. And if they do, if it's against someone who has more power, has a connection, the judges are not being just in this. with um, the fatherless, with orphans, um, children who were fatherless, they might have a claim to some kind of property or some kind of benefit that would have been their inheritance, but they're children, right? They don't have the ability to go through this, and so they were being taken advantage of also. And those inheritances and those properties that belonged to them were being taken through the rulings of these judges um, and the wicked decisions of these judges. Um, and they were... They were, they were doing wrong, and they were doing wicked um, by the people. Um, as this is there, these are these are people that are in the room with him, right? So he could be standing there, um, going through this, while the people he is talking to is lined up on the front row of the temple. They're watching him um, directly there. Um, so it, it, it's got to move you with the, with the strength and the resolve that he has coming back from that first verse um, that God has his place knowing that there is an opportunity for retribution. He doesn't know what's going to happen as a, you know, as, a, as a result of what he is saying here, um, but he knows where it comes from. We know it comes from God. We know that God is speaking through him um, and you have to remember where that strength is. And he is, he is not afraid here to call that out and to judge what he sees as being unjust. Um, I know that often we don't want to confront and we don't want to um, deal with issues. Um, and sometimes we fall back on, well, I don't want to judge. You know, Jesus told us not to judge. Well, that's not exactly what he's saying. You know, if, if you have poor motives and your motivations are unjust and your motivations are to hurt and your motivations are not for God, then no, you should not be judging other people. Um, but when you see unrighteousness and when you see wrong, when you see that correction needs to happen, um, this teaches us here that you need to speak out towards that. Um, Continuing with verse four, rescue the weak and the needy and deliver them from the hands of the wicked. Um, again, we're talking about being involved in this legal system um, that because of the system that they have created, these judges, that the needy are trapped and there is no way for them to get out of where they are. There is no way for them to improve where they are to get what they need um, so that it's, it's not just one that he's calling out. It is the system that he is calling out um, because it is keeping them down. They need to be delivered from the hand of the wicked. They need to be delivered from the system. They need to be delivered from those people, um, these judges uh, and leaders. 
verse five. They have neither knowledge nor understanding. They walk about in darkness. Um, this is set apart in my Bible. There's like a little gap. And it's like, this is like a special little thing marking here, describing those judges. Um, they have neither knowledge nor understanding. These are people that do not know God. They do not have a relationship with him. They did not seek him out. They did not read his word. They did not attempt to communicate him. Um, they walk about in darkness. They're not even attempting to make those connections to God. They are supposed to be there as leaders of a theocratic kingdom, as leaders of a kingdom that is God's chosen people, that is given to them by God himself with a destiny that he has ordained. And he has come and he has told them what he wants from them. Um, he has given them everything they have. And these leaders, not only do they not know him, they have no desire to know him. They do not reach out. They do not read. They do not pray. They do not go through his word. They do not follow his law, which is the ultimate problem with you know, what they're having. If you're not following God's law, if you're not looking for him and seeking him and what he wants to be done, then you are going to go along a path of wickedness and you are not going to do what he, de uh, what he desires. Um, all the foundations of the earth are shaken um, you think about the foundation of the society. Who are, you know, the foundation of the society, and we see it when we talk about essential workers and whatnot. It's the majority of the people, and the majority of the people are not the powerful. They are the common people, and they are being built upon by these leaders because they are not seeking God and his righteousness. I said you are gods, son of the most high, all of you. And this, I think we need to take to ourselves again. Um, you know, I'm not a judge, but we are inheritors of God's kingdom. We are his sons. Um, we are not the judges in this story, but we are held to the same account, okay? We have the same requirement for righteousness and to seek God and to do right by his people, um, to give that human dignity and human respect to everyone. Um, they're all God's children, all of his creation. Um, and we are his representatives here. When we come and we become a part of a church, more baptized up in the pool, we announce to the world that we are representatives of God, and that we are followers of him and we are part of his kingdom. And when we're out in the world and we are doing those things, we need to recognize ourselves that we are representing him, that we are his sons. And as that, we need to make sure that what we are doing, what we are saying, how we're acting, um, aligns with what he would have us do. Um, and when we see things that do not align with that, we need to say something um, here and in the world in a nice way. So we don't have to be mean about it, but we do have a, we do have a responsibility to share this and what you know, the, the word and the Lord would have us do. Nevertheless, like men, you shall die and fall like any prince. Said these leaders here, they are in a high place. They are in charge of the temple. They are in charge of government. They were placed there by God. God ordained these governments. You know, they are governments of men, but ultimately that's where their power comes from. Their power and their authority and their judgment, it comes from him and his will and his word. Um, but they are, at the end of the day, men. And on the day when uh, we die, we are all equal and we all go to stand in front of the Father and, and, and have 
him see who we are. And if you are not a follower of Lord, if you are not one of his sons, if you are not there with Jesus Christ to inherit his kingdom, then you are going to fall just like all of the princes of the world at this time around them. Um, just like the countries around them that had judgments fall upon them and as many, you know, as powerful as they have been, as powerful as any king on earth has been, there will come a time when they are just like everyone else and they have to account for what they've done. And uh, we end here, Arise, O God, and judge the earth, for you shall inherit all of the nations. Um, See, he's calling on God almost like a plea because he does not believe that the people have the ability to pull this out freely. And so he is pleading towards the Lord to come down and bring his judgment and bring his kingdom on earth. Um, It's great here that he's talking about inheriting all the nations. Even here we talk about, it, it's talking about a future where all of the people will be included, not just the Jews in Israel, but all peoples all across the world are all going to have an opportunity to, speak, to, to learn about uh, the will of God, to see God's word, to have a relationship with him. And when that time comes, if you are not with him, if you are not committed to being with him and knowing him and to his righteousness, um, then uh, it won't be a good place to be. Um, but again, this is, this is spoken to judges directly and leaders directly. Um, but it is spoken to us also. Said um, everyone needs to, to understand where we stand in all of this, that, that you need to act righteously towards those around you you need to follow what God have, would have you do. You need to understand his word. You need to communicate with him and pray with him and seek him and not be like the judges here that walk in darkness. So, Lord, again, thank you for our opportunity to come together, Lord, and thank you for guiding me through this text and and uh, help me understand it better so I can present your word here. Lord, I hope that uh, we take these words and we take these ideas and we take uh, what you'd have us do to heart, Lord, as we leave this place and continue to seek you um, and what you'd have us do. In your son's name, amen.